I think Elena and I came into this process and never knew what would become of it. And I think that we are really excited that there will be a legacy left at OHSU for parents like us. And hopefully this will spread across the country to other schools and students will have that kind of support that they need. As medical students, Elena Griffin and Jennifer Thompson wanted to help other parents and parents-to-be find information and resources for their families. Thanks to their efforts and partnership with other OHSU stakeholders, a new website serves employees and students who are pregnant and parenting. It's Tuesday, June 25th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. Lisa, before we get to this week's interview, what are some of the top stories from last week? Well, we are very proud to announce that OHSU Dornbecker Children's Hospital has been named among the best children's hospitals in the U.S. by U.S. News & World Report in their annual rankings. And this is the 10th year for that honor, is that correct? Yes, the 10th consecutive year. And we should note that there are also six pediatric specialties that Dornbecker was recognized in. Neonatology, cancer, nephrology, neurology, and neurosurgery, orthopedics, and pulmonology. Yes, and all of our employees in Dornbecker should feel incredibly proud. This designation is just one affirmation of the great work they do every day. What else do we want to highlight? There was a Spark focus last week on the topic of resilience. Spark, of course, is our employee wellness program. And there's now a free app offered to employees called Whole Life Directions that can help you assess your own resilience and learn ways to improve it. That sounds very helpful. Yeah, and when it comes to resilience, there's probably no better practice than becoming a parent, which is the subject of our main interview this week. Yeah, Tracy Lamb spoke with two of OHSU's recent medical school graduates about their quest to provide better resources to employees and students as they attempt to navigate pregnancy and parenting in the midst of full-time work or school. I'm here with Dr. Elena Griffin and Dr. Jennifer Thompson, both recent medical school graduates, as well as Laura Statham, Director of Affirmative Action and Equal Opportunity Department at OHSU. Welcome, ladies. All three of you played a big role in creating an online clearinghouse of resources for parents and parents-to-be. Now, Laura, I want to start with you. Um, Can you briefly talk about what type of information is available on this webpage? The website is a great resource for any employee or student or someone hoping to become an employee or student at OHSU and includes information about benefits, leave options, adoption assistance, uh, student information including academic adjustments and leave options, child care options, lactation policies and room location on campus and resources uh, including you know how to find folks who can help you, how to find um, the Title IX coordinator myself and uh, who to connect with to get these adjustments and accommodations for when you're pregnant or uh, a parent. Um, and then also other resources and support groups, um, information about tips, apps, and websites related to parenting. Yeah, so just a lot of information that people can go to and, and kind of start their search there. Yep. Perfect. Um, Dr. Griffin, what inspired you to take on this project when you were a medical student? I think um, initially this project uh, started off, I I started school with a seven month old and had a parent, I was a parent from the beginning and was planning on having more children. And I just felt like there was a lack of support for student parents. There weren't um, any processes in place. There were several students who were 
wanting to get pregnant um, and didn't know how this was going to impact their education. We didn't know who to go talk to, where to find information about this. And so this kind of led to the development of this website to create this a centralized place for all this information and help us navigate what our academic options are. So were you getting this kind of anecdotally from your cohorts? Yes, as um, a parent, uh, both Jenny and myself, um, we were we were the two moms in the class, and so naturally, lots of other students navigated to us. How do we make this happen? How do we make it work? And um, and so yeah, we were kind of the go-to people, and then we tried to figure out how to how to make this work for everyone. Wow, how old are your kids now? My son is four. My middle son is two, and then my youngest is nine months. Wow. So what was the toughest or most challenging part about being a parent, a parent-to-be at that time, and a full-time medical student? Um, I think as far as navigating, like, the timing of when to make this happen, I think that was the most difficult thing. Like, how are we going to make this happen? How are our courses going, like, how is this going to impact my courses and my time to graduation? Uh, I think just the uncertainty of it all was the most difficult part for me. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Thompson, what about you? What was the toughest part for you? I think I have to echo what um, Elena has said, that the most difficult part was figuring out how to have a second child while also navigating clinical rotations that would require us to be on these rotations for four weeks um, and had to figure out how am I going to pump breast milk for my newborn or how much time can I have off and will I be able to graduate on time but not knowing where to go and how to figure that out and who to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Thompson, by the time you were a fourth year medical student, you had two kids. That's correct. And thinking back, if this web page of resources was available at that time, how do you think it would have impacted you as a, a student and mom? I think it would have made it a lot easier to plan when to have the second child, if if you can plan those types of things. How I could approach attendings in terms of, you know, these are my needs for pumping breast milk while I'm on this rotation and what their expectations would have been. It would have made it a lot less stressful to know that my walk through these clinical rotations was expected with children, that there was some sort of, there were guidelines in place for how I could do this. Mm -hmm. So did either of you have conversations with your clinical directors? Yes, I think uh, for myself, uh, every single rotation um, after I had my child, I would always reach out to the clinical directors because I had the need for needing to pump breast milk. And I think open communication is always a great way to go. And once I expressed kind of what my needs were as far as as far as needing to pump and times, um, they were very willing to work with me to arrange that. But I think having that open communication for times when you need to go pump or times when you need to go to your prenatal appointments, that can all be arranged. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most important aspect of this webpage for, for either of you? I think for me, um, one of the diffi- most difficult things was knowing how our schedule would be affected. And I, this website establishes a process by which students can see what adjustments they can reasonably expect with pregnancy or welcoming a new child um, into their home. It, it, it tells them who they can go to, what forms they can fill out, who they can talk with. And I think for me, that was um, really paramount is establishing this process. So when it came to creating this website, tell us a little bit about the process and what it took to bring this into fruition. 
So I think initially, um, when we wanted to establish this process, our uh, our first goal was to create a policy um, that would apply to all university students that would outline the process. But as we began working on it, um, we worked with uh, administration and leadership, including the provost's office, and received a lot of support from Elena Andreessen. And um, we ultimately decided to um, develop a website that would establish this process, but also include uh, a lot more resources for students, um, including the lactation resources, the childcare resources, financial assistance, and information on all of that. And so we decided to go ahead and develop the website. We worked, um, again, with lots of leadership. We also had lots of support from Carissa Yang, our website um, developer, and um, many other stakeholders across campus. Um, it was a huge collaborative effort on everyone's part to, to make this come to reality. Yeah, and how long was the process? How long did it take? Several months. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, we were hearing from um, Jenny and Elena. We were also getting feedback from faculty and employees that, you know, it, their information out there is scattered. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to look. Um, so it seemed like a natural fit to bring it all together and make this as comprehensive as possible. And I kind of want to switch gears a little bit. Dr. Thompson, in addition to this OHSU project, you were part of a legislative bill in Congress related to this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that's correct. When Elena brought me on board to start our family support group and work on this policy and this website, I looked to making a piece of state legislation that would mirror the language of Title IX, but then be a lot more specific about the types of accommodations that were provided to not only pregnant students, but parenting students of all kinds, both the birth and the non-birth parent, uh, so that all universities in the state of Oregon, after high school, technical colleges, things like that, would have guidance to follow. Wow, and where, where do we stand in the in that bill. So the bill has been written and we have three legislators that will be presenting the bill next year at the short legislative session. Uh, three co-sponsors, um, hopefully, and we also currently have the backing of ACOG and the American Medical Women's Association. Um, and additionally, the American Medical Women's Association, the national organization, has expressed an interest in taking this bill and taking it to every state. Wow. That's amazing, and and really just started from a conversation that you were having in in class. Right. Yeah. How does that make you feel to to see this come in into such a, I guess, blooming and blossoming project? I think it's. I mean, it's a great feeling. I mean, I came to OHSU and um, to be able to leave here, leaving impacting change, and to hopefully make the process easier not only at our university, but potentially universities across the country to make it easier for parents to navigate, you know, expanding their families and pursuing their careers at the same time. I mean, that's, that's great. Laura, what are some of the other services or resources that the Affirmative Action and Equal Opportunity Department has that you think people would also need to know about? Well, the reason I think Elena and Jenny reached out to me is uh, as the Title IX coordinator, I am responsible for ensuring compliance with Title IX of the education amendments. Um, that means that all uh, students and employees at OHSU are entitled to access to their education and work without um, free of gender and sex discrimination and harassment. And that includes any uh, pregnant uh, or um, parenting student or employee. And um, so 
So AAEO is available if folks feel that they are being treated differently, if they feel that they're being uh, treated um, unlike other uh, folks or students or employees based on that status, based on their protected status, and it could be any protected status. So we, and we also help folks um, access reasonable accommodations um, who, employees who have disabilities. Um, we can also direct people to resources if they need academic adjustments or um, adjustments related to pregnancy. Um, and that is generally facilitated by the Human Resources Department for employees and um, the uh, student access office for students. Um, but we help provide that additional support and um, where issues arise or where people have concerns. Well, finally, Drs. Griffin and Thompson, what's next for both of you and your families? Uh, my husband and I and our two children will be moving to Dallas, Texas, where I will start my OBGYN residency at UT Southwestern Hospital. Congratulations. Thank you. And I will be staying in Portland for one year to complete my preliminary residency in internal medicine at Legacy, and then I will be moving to Florida um, and pursuing a diagnostic radiology residency at the University of Florida. Wow, congratulations to you both, and thank you for, uh, thank you all for putting together this great resource for parents and parents-to-be. Anything else that I missed you wanted to add? I think Elena and I came into this process and never knew what would become of it, and I think that we are really excited that there will be a legacy left at OHSU for parents like us, and hopefully this will spread across the country to other schools and students will have that kind of support that they need. Great. Thank you, Laura, Dr. Elena Griffin, and Dr. Jennifer Thompson. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Tracy Lamb and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. See you next week.